0: Welcome back, dear listeners, to Deep Spinach. During a conversation with my cohort, Ariel about work and what it has become in our times, it occurred to me that the pandemic really forced many to question the status quo. There are so many questions about working in the modern world, but the biggest one I asked myself when trying to piece this episode together is what is our modern-day work doing to us as individuals? How is our mental health? How is our physical health? How is the structure of work as we know it changed our way of being, our quality of life, our ability to connect and have meaningful relationships? I started out by asking a few people in Boulder, Colorado, do you find your work to be meaningful? Oh, absolutely. May I ask what you do? Elevator mechanic. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Mm, 30 plus years. Okay, so you've had, that's a been a steady... Steady job
1: for you for years. Oh, of course, yeah. Do yeah. Oh, you, you
0: feel satisfied with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a great job. Very challenging, technical. Uh, changes every day. And uh, you get people out of elevators, which makes you a hero now and then. So it's really a good job. I do, very
0: much. Okay, and can I ask what you... Sure, I'm a human resources professional, so basically from... Hiring people and then helping them develop their careers and such while at work. Helping them to be their better selves, helping them to do their jobs better, but also get value out of what they do. you mind if I ask how how long have you been doing that? I've been doing this for 30 years.
1: Yes, definitely, because as I told you before, service is my passion. Uh, Also because I'm bilingual, so um, I'm the only one that I speak Spanish in my work and especially here in Boulder we have a big Spanish community so I can I think it's, I feel very graf- grateful and blessed to be able to help other customers that they don't speak English so yes I think I love my jobs because especially I like to share a little bit of my culture here in this country like especially being empathy or showing compassion and empathy for some peoples, especially hearing them in Boulder downtown. Um, And it's good to show others how to be more kind and listening and understanding and help others that they are less fortunate, yeah.
0: Do you feel like there are enough people, bilingual people in the workforce today?
1: You know what, in my job at least, I'm the only one that speaks Spanish, and, and but I think it's getting better in the school that they are teaching the kids, uh, younger kids, Spanish.
0: Do you consider your work to be meaningful? Yes. you mind if I ask what you, what you do? I'm a mining consultant specializing in environmental and water. Okay. You've been doing that for... 36 years. Well, I mean, I work at Safeway, so, I mean, yeah, I give people food, so... I mean, you got to have food to survive. So, yeah, I, I feel like my job's very important. Sure, sure, And how long, do you mind if I ask how long you've been there? I've been there two and a half, almost three years. November will be three years. Uh, absolutely. It meant a lot
2: to me and everybody else, I think.
0: Okay. And, and do you mind if I ask what you what you did?
2: As a firefighter.
0: Okay. Yep. And you're now retired? Yeah. How long were you in the... On the as, working as a firefighter?
2: Uh, 30 years and then uh, for a free year in the Navy before that. Okay.
0: Yeah. You found it very rewarding?
2: Yeah, it was. The camaraderie and helping people. It was. Um, I didn't know if I'd like it or not, but once I started it, I really liked it.
0: While I didn't ask people their age, I was deliberately looking for people who, in my estimation, would have had a chance to develop a career or significant work history, that is, Gen Xers and older. Now, Ariel and I have talked a great deal about our generation. As I ask this question to these people in Boulder, you can hear they seem satisfied with their jobs. But I'm not here to talk about mere jobs, or even careers per se. I had thoughts that perhaps our generation was not as cynical and unmotivated as people try to stereotype us. I wondered if people felt the need to be more positive than they actually felt inside for fear of losing those jobs. With the economy as uncertain as it is, I know people want to hold on to whatever they can to get through this rocky climate. But where does that lead us? First, we had the Great Recession. Currently, we are still working through a worldwide crisis that hasn't occurred since 1918. The worldwide influenza pandemic that claimed over 21 million lives. COVID took 6.8 million as of this year. But out of this global tragedy, something else happened that no one expected. The Great Resignation. 4.5
2: 4.5 million people in the United States quit their jobs in November 2021, an all-time high. This number has been trending upward since June 2020, as COVID-19 cases steadily increased around the world, transforming the way we work in the process. We're beginning to see a similar picture in other developed economies, too. That's according to data compiled by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD. There are about 20 million fewer jobs across the OECD's 38 member countries, compared to before the pandemic. Just like Chloe, many saw their savings growing during the lockdowns and have used the disruption caused by the pandemic to take stock of their professional development. Stimulus checks in the United States and generous job retention schemes in Europe and Asia also helped giving workers the financial buffer they needed to quit. But it's not just about money. When organizational psychologist Anthony Klotz coined the term Great Resignation in 2021, he identified four reasons behind the phenomenon. First, there has been a backlog of resignations. People who would have naturally changed jobs put that on hold at the start of the pandemic because of all the uncertainty. Second, burnout. Many workers simply needed a break. Think of people that faced extended working hours while homeschooling and taking care of an elderly relative, for instance. Flexibility is another reason. The newfound ability to work from home or increased awareness of different working patterns has influenced some decisions to quit, too. Take workers who were told they need to return to the office full-time, for example. Finally, the pandemic epiphany. The health crisis pushed many workers to think about their jobs, which sparked the realization for some that they would prefer to do something different, something more rewarding.
0: There are more reasons than just COVID that nudged this phenomenon along. As you just heard, there were factors leading up to the Great Resignation. The factor that tipped us over the edge was the time we were given to think about what we were doing with our lives. All this talk about what does it all mean? Why are we working ourselves to death? Isn't there more to life? Reminded me of an episode of this podcast I'd heard a while back, Hidden Brain. I'll leave a link in the show notes. The guest on this episode spoke very clearly to the concept of deep work. It really got me thinking, what is deep work? It is the concept that there is a difference between the monotonous work that many are tied to that doesn't necessarily move a person to completing any kind of goals that they had in mind for themselves. It is the kind of work that one can get lost in, the kind of work that means something to us personally on an inner level that is apart from the need to put food on the table and a roof over our heads. It is the work that comes from and nourishes our soul. But the reality of living off such work escapes most people. There are a lot of webinars that tout the concept of online gigs that produce thousands a month so you can go live your best life while something just makes money for you even while you sleep. But is that really an option? How many success stories are there? Don't forget that Gen Xers grew up on the heels of books like Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow by Marcia Sinatar. But not everyone was able to cash in on the bubble. Throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s, we saw a slew of internet.com businesses grow huge in a short amount of time, only to be eaten up by big box companies like Amazon, who could do it better, faster, and with greater efficiency. With dreams dashed and the need to make a real living that would meet the demands of inflation, none of us saw coming, there was another piece in this puzzle. What is the demand for money and the need to make ends meet doing to our health? This excerpt from an article, The Modern Workplace is Toxic, from a discontinued magazine, The Correspondent states, In the U.S. alone, corporate wellness has grown into an $8 billion juggernaut. But what has come out of this boom? In 2019, the International Labor Organization declared that stress, excessively long working hours, and disease contribute to the deaths of nearly 2.8 million workers every year. Road accidents kill fewer than half that number, while an additional 374 million people get injured or fall ill because of their jobs. The message is clear. We desperately need a new workplace mental health guidebook. Spare us the gimmicks it is time to demand workplaces that don't make employees sick to begin with. In an attempt to take control of my own physical health, I watched documentaries on food and diet. But along with some of what people were saying, the people in these documentaries spoke about how their own work was affecting their livelihood. These people were suffering from diabetes, heart issues, aches and pains, The sedentary life of people who work desk jobs with long hours was and is having a huge impact on physical health. Most Americans do get wrapped up in getting the job done. They don't necessarily take notice of how their physical health begins to decline. Even finding time to prepare healthy meals can be a challenge, when you have to pick up the kids, make sure there are foods to prepare in your refrigerator, make sure homework is done, bills have been paid, did someone feed the dog, and find time to cook. All because both parents now work, or single moms don't have a partner, or if you are single and have no kids or spouse. Isn't it easier to just nuke something? No time for exercise, no time to cook healthy meals, no time to relax. Have you heard those ads lately talk about that hormone called cortisol? New fad or real science? Well, we actually do produce it, and it actually does lead us to eat more and have less energy and allow our waistline to expand. Stress is the cause of cortisol. Again, I ask, what is modern day work doing to us? How long will we continue on this hamster wheel? Have we had enough? Did COVID change us forever? With technology changing and stepping in, perhaps our hesitation to dive back into the grind will force more employers to consider remodeling how we work. Or is that only a pipe dream? I myself look at how I feel on a daily basis returning to the US after five years outside the country. I'm constantly stressing over the struggle to find stable employment that doesn't make me want to rip my face off. I know I'm not the only one who feels like this. I know I'm not alone in not wanting to risk my mental health, my physical health, in order to merely put food on the table. I came back for one reason. When are we allowed to live a life that leaves room for the things we love most in our lives? We hope you enjoyed part one in our exploration of work. See you next week for our continuation. Links to all sources cited in this episode are in the show notes. Deep Spinach is a production of Javi Media on the web at javimedia.net. You can reach out to us by email at spinachdeepgmail.com at or use the hashtag Deep Spinach in your social media posts. Thanks for listening. Javi Media.